Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scripture reading this morning is Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5 through 9. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. This is the word of God for the people of God. God. Would you pray with me? Almighty and gracious God, as we gather to hear your word read and proclaimed, speak to us in such a way that our hearts would be full of your joy. That our souls would be filled with your grace. And that our lives would be transformed so that the words that we hear would fill us and transform our lives so that we would leave this place not just hearers of your word, but doers of your word. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. So back in the days when I was a youth minister, we took a mission trip, as you know, as I've talked to Tom again about the Appalachia Service Project. We would go to central Appalachia, spend a week there rebuilding homes, and it was a busy week. So as part of my custom, I got up an hour and a half before everybody else in the mission camp would awaken. It was that moment in time, that golden hour and a half where I could have time to myself, time to get focused for the day. Time where there weren't a thousand questions and a thousand logistics to work out and work to be done and programming to take care of. As a part of that hour and a half, in addition to getting myself ready, I usually got in the church van and I went and found whatever convenience store was open, grabbed a cup of coffee and got to talk to some of the locals. Found out about the area, what made the area work, what was happening, what was the news, how things were going. And then after a few minutes of that, I would take my cup of coffee, get in the van, and then I would drive around and I would explore. So on one such occasion, I was driving through part of the county and I came across a closed, a shuttered mining operation. The gates were wide open. It had a sign out front, metaphorically, it said, Glenn, please come inside and look. So I did. And I walked around. I mean, it's fascinating. I mean, all the buildings, all the equipment, the pile of coal. I will confess to you that some of it made its way home to appear in stockings for friends of mine. But as I was leaving, after having sort of explored for about 20 or 30 minutes, as I was driving out, I noticed the sign right by the gate. And the sign said, through these gates walk the best darn coal miners 
in the world. I thought about that sign as I read these scriptures this week. Preparing for today, thought about that sign and thought about if there was a sign posted on the door when we left, when we went out into the world, there was a sign that said that what would it say? What would it say about you and me? What were the words of encouragement, the words of pride? What would the sign say to us as we walked out the door? The text that Joanna just read is the Shema. It is the essential declaration of the Jewish faith. It's really in two parts. It begins here, O Israel, the the Lord your God is one. Love the God with all of your heart, all of your might, all of your soul. Write these words upon your heart. Teach them to your children. Live with them as you walk, as you sit up, as you lie down, as you go about your day. Bind them to your hands and to your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your home. The first part is a confession. Reminding the Jewish people that they are God's children, that there is one God and that God is Lord of all. But it's the second part that moves from that confession of faith to swiftly about practice. It's about a way of living, loving God with all the being, with all of our being, heart, soul, and mind. And then quickly, not just how we live, but how we share the faith to teach our children these commandments, to take the same commandments, to bind them on our heart, make them a part of our daily living. In the custom of the Jewish faith, they pray twice a day and the Shema is a part of each of those prayers, a reminder as to whose they are and to what they are to be about. And then write them on your doorposts so that when you come in or you go out of your home, of your living room, wherever you write them, as you come in and out, you are reminded of those words as well. Great words for living. So I think about this day, as Tammy alluded to, this is the dawn of a new school year. For some, it has just started. For some, it's coming tomorrow morning. It'll be a great year. But when I think about New Year's, I think about, first of all, I think about how there's this idea of new beginning. And so if you think about January 1st, everybody gets excited because it's a new budget year. It's a new calendar year. We make all these great resolutions, right? I mean, this is the year we're going to exercise and go to the gym seven times a day, right? Or this is the year that we're going to develop good habits and break the bad ones. Or maybe we're going to set a personal growth goal that we're going to read a book a week or something like that. We get sort of caught up in that in January, but I've also found as society has rolled on, we seem to look at the start of a school year as almost another new beginning marker as well. I mean, maybe this is the year where the school year, we're going to try a new activity at school or take a new class, or maybe we start to get serious about our faith and we say, you know, just like the school year starts, there are new programs that start in the fall at church, Bible studies and small groups and service opportunities. This is the year. This is the year that I'm going to try that. I'm going to go deeper in my faith. I'm going to get serious about it. Well, friends, I can think of no greater foundation for a renewed life of faith than the scriptures we've heard this morning. But if you think about it, if you break them down, there's really sort of three foci to them, aren't there? The first is loving God with all of our heart, soul, and might, sort of the way we live. And then there is this commandment to teach them to our children. 
And finally, to bind them upon our hearts and our hands. A life truly grounded in faith is one that's grounded in the love of God with every fiber of our being. I mean, if you think about it, if we love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our might, what else, what part of our body, our being is not engaged in loving God? I mean, this whole idea of loving God is built on our relationship with God. If we take the scriptures, if we start to read through it from the beginning to the end, we see the depth of that relationship. I mean, the Holy Bible is nothing more than a love story, is it not? It's a story of God's love for you and for me and for the world around us. Or if we think about our prayer time, when we talk with God, if we start each day in this idea of prayer and we bind those words on our heart, loving God with our whole heart, mind, and soul, and we begin it that way and we listen for what God wants for us today. And then at the end of the day, we listen some more. We confess where we've not quite met the standard and ask for forgiveness. We take the rest of the day, we look back on what has happened, and we give thanks for the blessings that we've received. We begin to understand that relationship. And not just prayer and scripture, but then the way we live, the way we actually put our lives in motion and in practice in the world around us. You know, God calls us to be the hands and feet of Christ in the world because the world sees God's love through you and me. So if we want to love God with all of our heart, all of our might, all of our soul, then what we begin to realize is that all of the commandments, everything we read in the Bible that God wants us to do, it really hinges on those words, doesn't it? Loving God with the depth of ourselves for the sake of the world. So then we begin to live differently, don't we? We begin to ask different questions. We begin to approach the world with this different understanding. We're going to ask ourselves, what is the most loving thing that God wants for you and for me to do? What is the most loving thing that God wants for us to do in life? The other thing that comes out of that is then we see that we run into each other. We ask ourselves, what does God want us to say? When we're dealt with those situations where we see people and we see situations happening, we're not sure how to act. We're not sure what to say. We begin to ask ourselves, what would God want me to say into this scenario? And when we do that, my friends, when we begin to think consciously how God wants us to act, what God wants us to say, then we are doing just what the scriptures ask, loving God with the depth of our being. But as important as it is for us to do that ourselves, it is vitally important for us to teach these lessons to our children. I mean, the whole idea of our calling as disciples is not only to follow God, but to make disciples. And the way we do that is we teach these lessons to others. We teach them, our children, about the glorious love of God for them and for all the world. I mean, that's our calling as parents, as grandparents, as relatives, but better yet, as a greater community as a whole. I mean, it's a full court press to pass the lessons of faith on. 
Every one of us, when we're called to stand up, if you're a student, if you're a teacher, a parent, a grandparent, if you've been a student, when we all stood, brothers and sisters, that's all of us in this world. We are all to be engaged in teaching the children, the youth, and each other about our faith. Sure, we teach faith formation here at church to our children and youth, but if you think about it, think about how much time they spend in worship, in Sunday school, in youth group, in Bible school, and you think about all the time there is in a week, we're talking about this much time. It's not a lot of time within the walls of the church. The majority of their time is spent outside the walls, and that's where real faith formation happens. It happens at home, it happens in the community, it happens within their family and within their friends. Which means it's up to us to do it, to be very intentional about teaching. Sure, so on the way home this afternoon, try and experiment. Ask your children what they heard in church, what they learned in Sunday school. What's interesting is they probably won't tell you what they'd say after school, right? I mean, tomorrow you're going to say, what did you learn at school and what's the response? Nothing. I mean, teachers, I know that's not true, okay? I know you're teaching them something, but that's their automatic response. But if you ask them what they heard at church, be ready. Because even when you think they're not listening, oh, they're listening. They will tell you what they heard. Engage that conversation. Tell them what you heard. See if they heard it. Ask them what it means. Talk about it. Because guess what? Now they're beginning to learn the lessons of God's love for them. Take the Bible off the shelf at home and read it together. Pick a book of the Bible. Take something like the book of James and just take it and begin to read it together. Let them take their Bible and read it to you and talk about what you hear in the Scripture. What sticks out? What matters? What speaks to their hearts? What speaks to yours? See, when we have that faith dialogue, it not only improves our reading skills, but it also improves our listening skills for what God has for us in the world. Pray together. Oh, when we pray with children, we hear the sweetest of prayers. They cut straight to the point. They will pray for their teachers, for their best friends, for their friend's grandmother who is not doing well. They will pray for the family animals. But those are the sweetest prayers because they believe in the depth of their heart that God hears and answers every one of them. Let them listen to you pray because they see that it matters. Finally, show them what the Christian life is about. Show our children how to live, how to serve. Up in October, we're going to have an event called Rise Hunger Now. This is just one example of the many things that we offer here at Centenary. But show them how to live our faith. That Rise Against Hunger, multi-generations, if you can walk and talk, there is a job for you to pack meals to feed the world. An opportunity to be the hands and feet, all of us together. You see, when you learn, they learn. And when they learn, we learn. It's a great exchange. But it's not enough. Not enough to love God with our whole heart, 
Not enough to just teach our children. But it also finishes up by saying, bind them on your heart. Bind these commandments on your heart. Make this a way of life, a radical change. We're living the the life that God wants. We love God with every waking moment and every part of our being. It's something we we won't regret and it will make all the difference in the world. What if today you and I started this time of new beginnings and we said, this is the time. This is the time that we're going to live very intentionally. We're going to focus our hearts and our lives on just what the scriptures say, on what God wants for us. Think about if we decided that we're going to start every day focused on this piece of scripture and time in prayer, how much difference it would make in our life and in the world around us. What if you started the day by taking your Bible out and opening it up to this passage in Deuteronomy? Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Love your God with all your heart, all your might, all your soul. Bind it in your heart. Teach it to your children. In your lying down, in your walking, in your sleeping, in your rising throughout your day. Tie it to your hands. Write it on your forehead. Put it on your doorposts. See, when we start our day that way, it makes a difference. What if you started your day like this? Reading scripture and then closing your eyes in prayer. So I want you to do that with me. I want you to close your eyes and imagine this. Imagine you've just read this scripture and think of those words as if they were tattooed on your hand and you prayed like this. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. Be still. B. Amen. If we started our day that way, imagine how transformative it would be, how much our relationship with God would grow, how different it might be. The Jewish custom is that they take these scriptures very literally. So on the doors of many of their homes, you will see what's called a mezuzah box. It's a box that has these words on the outside or some some decoration, but inside is a scroll that has these very scriptures. And they mount it on the right-hand doorpost as you come in about shoulder height. And it's to remind them as they come in and as they go out of their house to think of these words and to be focused on it. Imagine, if you will, with me that when we walked out the doors of this church, there was a sign over the door that said, you are entering the mission field. And if on the doorpost, there was a box with these words written in it.
Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your might, and all your soul. And if we went to share that gift with the world around us. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.